Hello from the members of First United Methodist Church in Royce City. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We hope you find it meaningful and relevant. You're invited to join us for worship anytime, and you can learn more about our worship options, location, and small group opportunities by visiting our website, fumcroycecity.org. Today, we hear from our pastor, Reverend Chris Everson. May God bless you as you listen to His Word proclaimed. One of the things that I, I, I keep wanting to make sure that you know that stewardship is, is way more than money. Yeah, we, we, we talk about money, and, and this is usually the series that we do that. But, but when we take a look at, at what we do when we become members of the church, we pledge to support the church with our prayers, our presence, our gifts, our service, and our witness. All, all five of those things are, are, are what we do in order to share the love and grace of Jesus Christ. So as we talk about reaching the day, I invite you to go to God in prayer with me. Let us pray. Oh God, we thank you. We thank you for community. And we thank you for the, for the ways that we are able to share your love and grace in this community. When we talk about being stewards, it's a lot more than just being stewards of, of the financial resources we have, but it's the stewardship that we have to share your love and grace with the community around us. So we pray that you let the words of my mouth and the meditation of each heart here be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Amen. So if you were to say the most memorable or, or, or the most famous or the most popular scripture in the entire Bible, what would you say it is? What? John 3.16. That's one of those verses that, that, that normally when people think about Christianity and think about what it is we believe, we have this verse right here that we'll have on the screen. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. I think probably all of us have that verse memorized, don't we? We, we have that memorized because, because it was something that was placed in our hearts or something that was placed for us to know. I mean, if you remember third grade Bibles that we had uh, beginning of September each year, I, I invite our kiddos to, to memorize two particular verses. One is Psalm 119.105, that is, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path, and this verse here. John 3.16. I actually had one of, our, one of the third graders come by last week, and he uh, recited John 3.16 for me before the, uh, the service started. And he, he couldn't remember the other verse, so I told him again. So I'm looking forward to having him come and, and say uh, Psalm 119.105. But, but this verse is so important to us. It, it has even become a part of, of the culture, if you will, especially in sports. We, we see it many times. We have a picture here of, of all of the different ways that John 3.16 has, has penetrated into the, the, the public 
uh, the spectrum through athletics. In the 1970s, I don't, there's a picture here, Cheryl, if you want to put it up. In the 1970s is when this really got started with, with a guy who would wear a, a rainbow-colored wig and he would stand at the end zones or he would stand uh, behind home plate with the sign that said John 3.16. It, it was a way in the 70s that, that new believers were able to express this newfound faith that they had. And in the late 2000s, Tim Tebow would, would take John 3.16 and he would write it on, on the eye black that he would wear uh, during football games. And, and he was quoted in an article not too long ago about how he did this uh, during the 2009 national championship game against Oklahoma. And he remarked that during the game, he found out that 94 million people Googled what John 3.16 meant. Isn't that amazing? It's just to have this one broad but simple exclamation of faith be Googled so, so that 94 million people look to see exactly what John 3.16 meant. It's been seen on clothing bags of the store Forever 21. And also, if you, you look at the drink cups from In-N-Out Burger, they have John 3.16 written on there along with some other Bible verses. It's a declaration of faith. And it underscores for us the meaning of the gospel and the Christian truth throughout all time. It's not something that changes here or there. It is something that we hold on to, and it is something that we believe, and it is something that generations to come will hold on to as well. But here's a question. What if the gospel of Jesus Christ is a lot more than John 3.16? What if, what if the gospel of Jesus Christ has more for us, something that needs to be acted on, something that reminds us that it's not just something that we hold in our hearts, but it, it's something that we reach out and give to others. There's another verse, and it's a John 3.16 verse but it's not the one that we are familiar with. If we go all the way to 1 John, verse 3.16, I, I, I think we can see a, a addendum to John 3.16 for something for us to move forward to in our lives as followers of Jesus Christ. John writes, This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. Did you hear the, the, the qualifier for, the, for, for this verse? It, it, it kind of goes and, and piggybacks on John 3.16. It reminds us that Jesus laid down his life for us, but then it gives us our own action step. It gives us something for us to, to hold on to and to move forward to. But if you see, both verses revolve around the word love. 
Now, if you take a look at the original Greek, there are two different tenses of love here. The, the love that is, is written in John 3.16 is an action verb. God loved the world. But here in, in John, 1 John 3.16, it, it is a noun. And that noun talks about something that, that, that is physical, something that is tangible, something that, that we can do for one another. And the way that it happens is that as Christ laid down his life for us, we lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. You know, I think one of the things that is easy for us to say is that, that we want to help people. And folks, helping people is easy to do. It is so easy to help someone. But it is another thing to love another person. Anybody can hold open a door uh, at the grocery store or, or here at church for somebody to walk in. But to actually take the opportunity to love someone else, that is what the Scripture is talking about. Helping people makes us feel worthwhile. We, when we help people, we, we, we get those like little, you know, goosebumpy feelings and everything, and, and maybe sometimes we like to pat ourselves on the back because we did something well. But when we take the opportunity to love another person, it makes them feel worthwhile. It makes them feel like they matter. It makes them feel like that they are important. Helping is a good thing, and it requires showing up. When we help, we actually have to be present. But when we love people, that's, that's a supernatural thing. And it, necessi it necessitates for us to actually grow up, to, to take this faith that God has given us and then to put it into action so that people see God in us. And it's something that, that, that brings them to the light of God. And it's infectious. It, it, it's infectious. It, it allows them to, to feel that love and power so that they can then turn around and share that love with others. And I tell you, one of the ways that we do this, and I think one of the ways that we do this best is the work that we do through our daily bread food pantry. And we'll have to take a look at this video. My name is Jennifer Reddington, and I'm one of the volunteers at our daily bread food pantry. I started volunteering at the pantry at the beginning of the COVID situation when there was an increased need for pantry services with many people in the community losing their jobs. And some of our volunteers were at higher risk for COVID and needed to step back for safety reasons felt very fortunate to be in a low risk category and be healthy and also have stable work at the time. I wanted to give back at a time when many people were struggling. As a registered dietitian, a large part of my career was dedicated to making sure that people, but especially children, um, were nourished. And food insecurity 
can be invisible in many communities, but it really exists everywhere. The thought of anyone going hungry, but especially a child going hungry, really breaks my heart. As the mother of a teenage boy, I know it can be tough to keep them full, as they seem to have an empty pit for a stomach sometimes. For me, it's simply a matter of running to the grocery store yet again to replenish the pantry, but that's not the case for everyone. For some people, it's a matter of choosing between paying their rent or electricity and being able to buy enough groceries for their family. Working out our daily bread is so rewarding because we're contributing to reducing the odds that someone will go hungry. It brings me great joy to fill the shopping baskets full of fresh fruits, vegetables, meats, and other nutritious foods, knowing the happiness those foods will bring to so many. Working at the pantry isn't just about filling baskets with food, it's knowing that that food helps bring families together for meals and reduces the stress and fear that comes from not knowing where your next meal will come from. And that is definitely rewarding. Did you hear that last line that she said? It's not just about food. It's about letting families come together and not have that worry. That's what the faith is all about. It's about the love that God has given each and every one through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, but then it is about the opportunity to share that love with others so they don't have to worry but so that they know that there is a God that loves and cares for them. If you uh, hopefully received, if you're a member, you hopefully received a uh, packet uh, in the mail uh, this past week that, that gave our end-of-year uh, totals of, of what it is and our budget for next year, and also had uh, numbers in there from our Daily Bread Food Pantry of, of all that they served. And, and I wanted to highlight some of those. But, and this is only by the end of October, so it doesn't have November numbers or December's numbers. But by the end of October, we served 1,160 families. 130 of those families were new and had never stepped foot at our Daily Bread Food Pantry. There was over 247,000 pounds of food that has moved through our Daily Bread Food Pantry through just October. And Richard shared with me last week, and he shared with the staff, that that equates over 100,000 meals. Just from that little three-room bedroom house right over here by the sanctuary. That's just amazing. But you know what? That's not the only way that we make a difference as a church. Here we have this cute little crooked house that's in our sanctuary. It's a little green building that has a red top. And one of the things that I love about the crooked house is that when children are here, they will go over and they will put like a dollar bill or I'll hear coins that will drop at the top of there. Uh, Miss uh, Flo Burks, uh, whenever she was here, uh, she would uh, come up and say, Chris, where's the crooked house out on her birthday? And she would put money in on her birthday because I guess that's, that's a long tradition that, uh, that this church has had. But through the Crooked House ministry, we have used over $6,000 for aid and assistance for locals who need help. For people 
who are worried about where their next light bill will be paid or if they're going to get kicked out of their home. And I hope I can get through this story. So I told Dean before worship, yeah, I'm going to try to make this a uh, no, no uh, choke up sermon, but I don't know if I can or not because the way this church takes care of other people just fills my heart. So on August the 28th, we were uh, getting ready to start in-person worship. And uh, I was in the office all by myself, and when I walked into the office, I saw this gentleman sitting on the the, uh, picnic table outside of the church. And I will admit that I saw him, and the first thing that came into my mind, please don't come over here. Please don't knock on the door. I have things that I need to take care of and do today. I admit it. I said it. It happens all the time. I wish it didn't, but it did. And then he came, and he knocked on the door. And I walked up, and I opened the door, and and the guy's name was Lewis. And you could tell Lewis, he wasn't all there. There, there. there was something not working for him. But he looked so lost. And, and when he looked at me, he said, are, are you the pastor? And I said, yes, I'm the pastor. And we, we came in, we sat down in the chairs in the, uh, in the lobby, and we started to talk. And he talked about trouble that he had back home. And I said, where's home? And he says, well, it's, it's in South Texas. I says, really? What are you doing here? I said, well, I have an aunt that lives somewhere up here. And I said, well, do you know where she lives? I don't know. I said, well, well, how did you get here? I said, well, somebody let me get into their van, and they drove me up here and they let me out by the lake. So I'm assuming he's saying that they dropped him off in Rockwall. And then he started to walk. And somehow he ended up walking right in front of our church. And he looked and he saw that this may be a place where he could get help. And we sat there and we talked a little bit more and more, and and we put him up overnight there at the American Inn. And and I started to reach out to some of the contacts that I have through the city, through Aaron Kincaid, who is uh, the the council that works Higher Hopes Counseling. And we found a place for Lewis to go on on Friday. And I remember taking Lewis, and and we we got smoke session barbecue because, you know, when you're here, you got to have the best barbecue in the area. So we, we, we got food, and then we got in my car, and we drove all the way to Irving, Texas. And we went to the police station there because there was a ministry that was able to help him get back up on his feet. And I remember when I was saying goodbye to Lewis, he looked at me and he said, Pastor, do you think God loves me? 
do you think God loves me? And I said, Lewis, absolutely God does. If God didn't love you, he wouldn't have brought you here. If God didn't love you, he, he, he would have just let you wander and not find anybody that could help you out. If God didn't love you, we wouldn't be able to put you back on your feet. Now, do I know what has happened to Lewis? No, I don't. I do know that he has been moved to a, a transition place where he can get hopefully back up on his own. But my friends, that is what stewardship is about. It's not about money. It, it, it's not about finances. It is about laying down our lives for our brothers and sisters. You know, there are other ways that we do it as a church, too. You know, uh, the board will be meeting tomorrow night, and we're going to talk about our Christmas Eve offering. Because we will take an offering on Christmas Eve, but none of that money will go to the operating expenses of this church. It'll go towards ministry to help someone out, to help, help somebody have hope. We also have our Red Nose Bulldog project that we're doing again for the second year, but this year it's going to be all online through uh, the rednosebulldogs.org. You'll be able to go there and you'll be able to pick at least 135 students that will be on our virtual Christmas tree this year. And we'll open that up to the entire community so that students in our community will know that God loves each and every one of them. My friends, again, this is what stewardship is about. It is about putting faith into action. It is about helping the least and the lost to know that there is a God that loves and cares for them. You know, I honestly think that when the people of God learn to live into 1 John 3.16, that the watching world around them will begin to believe in John 3.16. Mother Teresa had a saying, I'm going to close with this, that was written on her uh, one of the walls in the place where she lived. It, it, it's credited to somebody else, but the, she took the words and she changed them around. And today at, two, at 12.30 on the Royce City Prayers and Events page, uh, this will be available for you to uh, download for yourself. But I think these words really encapsulate how it is and what it means to reach out to others. She wrote, People are often unreasonable irrational and self-centered. Forgive them anyway. If you are kind, people may accuse you of selfish ulterior motives. Be kind anyways. If you are successful, you will win some unfaithful friends and some genuine enemies. Succeed anyway. If you are honest and sincere, people may deceive you. Be honest and sincere anyway. What you spend years creating, others can destroy overnight. Create anyway. If you find serenity and happiness, some may be jealous. Be happy anyway. 
The good you do today will often be forgotten. Do good anyway. Give the best you have, and it will never be enough. Give your best anyway. In the final analysis, it is between you and God. It was never between you and them anyway. This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. May we be a church that places that in action every day. Let us pray. Oh God, when we look around this world, as, as cliche-ish as it may sound, this world needs Jesus. And Lord, we know that you can share your love and grace without us. But God, because we call ourselves a church, because we call ourselves followers of Jesus, give us the compassion we need to lay down our lives for others so that they may see you in us and be connected in a way that gives them life abundantly. Help us to see that stewardship revolves way more than what we think it does. That it's our prayers, our presence, our gifts, our service, and our witness. And when we take the opportunity to live in that reality, help us to shine for you so that we may be your light to the world. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.